Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You don't want to get to the point where you're about to close the deal and you don't have all the equity already lined up. So always plan to raise more than you need. Because always expect surprises. That's all I can say. How great would it be to buy a piece of institutional quality income-producing commercial buildings? Well, now you can with Building Bits. It's not a REIT or a fund. Building Bits is a new platform for non-accredited investors where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. You can now invest in the same quality assets, which have previously only been available to institutions and wealthy individuals. Once you choose your building on buildingbits.com, you can invest as little as $500 and receive your share of the rents while BuildingBits team of real estate pros handles all the management aspects of the building. For the first time, the big corporations in America can actually start paying you. And when the building is sold in the future, the potential appreciation is redistributed to everyone so you don't just get the rental income, but also share in the upside. Best of all, since these securities are SEC qualified, they are freely tradable immediately. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of their current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And this is follow along Friday and looking forward to our conversation today. Actually, so Theo is still out. He will be back shortly. But today we've got Ellie Perlman one of my friends and also fellow multifamily investor who is joining us today. And we're going to talk shop about lessons we've learned recently. Actually, she's going to talk about some lessons she learned from a 100 unit acquisition they recently purchased in Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm going to answer a listener question about what he's looking to do, because I think it can be applied to other best ever listeners who are in a similar position. So first off, Ellie, hello, how you doing? Hey, Joe, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well and looking forward to having this conversation with you and learning about what you learned with the 100 units that you all recently purchased in Jacksonville. A little bit about Ellie, just so everyone can get some context. And Ellie's been on the show before as a best ever guest, but just as a refresher, she's the founder of Blue Lake Capital. She's a multifamily investor. Her company, Blue Lake Capital, invests in DFW in Jacksonville 
currently. They have $65 million worth of properties that they are on general partners on. That's about 530 units. And she is a fellow podcaster, a podcast called That Really Happened. So with that being said, Ellie, let's go right into it. What are some things that you learned recently? Sure. So I'm going to take us back in time. Well, not that long ago. We're talking about probably less than a month ago, we closed on a deal and I had some time to kind of let things sink and and understand what I've learned. And I would like to share those insights because I think that can really benefit passive investors and also syndicators. So, So the first kind of piece of advice that I have from what I've learned is to get rid of a fixed mindset. And when I say that, I mean, we're so used to look at things in a certain way. We have certain investment criteria and we try to save time, but not looking at every deal that is out there in the market. But sometimes we need to have more of a flexible mindset. And what I mean by that is everyone loves value-add deals. Everyone loves to purchase a property, do light moderate renovation and increase the rents. And that's how we make money for the most part. Mm -hmm. And my inclination was to rule out completely all the deals that didn't have any value add component on the surface. So actually that deal in Jacksonville, 100% of the units were already renovated. So if I had a fixed mindset, I would say, you know what? They're all renovated. The work has been done. So there's nothing for me to do here. This, it doesn't fit my investment criteria, doesn't fit the bucket of the stuff that I'm used to look at, then I'm going to pass on it. And that would be a fixed mindset. And that was a great opportunity that I almost missed because you need to kind of look a little bit deeper, which brings me to also the second point of understanding the story behind every investment. And by understanding the story, I actually realized that there's a huge value add component and strategy that we can implement It's just not in the way that we are used to look at it. So basically the story was that the owner was a developer and he, for some reason, wanted to have all the units at 100% occupancy at all times. So he renovated all the units and the renovation is really nice. I walked the properties, I walked the units, but he never raised rents. So the property was trailing behind other properties by two hundred dollars. He didn't develop the property himself, then. No, he didn't. Okay. He, he purchased it. Purchased it and renovated all of them. And renovated everything. So if I stayed in that fixed mindset, I wouldn't even look deeper into it and say, "Oh, wow, you know what? Someone actually did all the work for <laughs> me and never got the benefit of it." So I can come in and do that. And the beauty in it is that. He only actually started raising rents two, three months before he decided to put it in, in the market and sell it. To position it for sale, to say, hey, here's mm-hmm. what we can accomplish to prove the business plan, right? Exactly. And we're talking about close to $250. We're not talking about 50 Holy bucks. cow. Yes. So He was just renting them out, but he wasn't doing any additional work on the interior unit? So he renovated the units and he added nests. So just the renovated units, when he started raising rents, that was $200. And for each nest, that was an extra $50. And it's a great location. It's near the water. It's near the beach. You have a lot of beachgoers and young people, and they appreciate technology and willing to pay for it. So if I had the fixed mindset, I would not look at this deal because I would say, hey, 
100% renovated. There's no real value add there. But because I was willing to look beyond that and also look into the story and understand what is happening here. And every deal has a story. You have to find what the story is, and that's going to help you understand if you really want the deal. So just so I'm understanding correctly, he renovated all of the units, and Mm -hmm. then three months ago, he started getting the rent premiums on lease renewals, even though during that lease renewal on that turnover, he did not do an additional renovation. Exactly. Wow. Yes, because the renovations were pretty new. And it was $250. Yes. So we're already getting them. We just continued what he did. And if this is not a value add, it's great. It's just not the typical value add. Let's buy a property, let's renovate it, and then increase rents. And actually, I've had some pushback from some investors who said, the value add component is very light. I'm looking for something a bit more significant than that. And I said, this is the dream of every investor. You want to have someone else doing all the work for you because the renovations were completed not so long ago and he basically did the work for us. And some of them understood it and said, oh, wow, you know what? This is a great opportunity. And some of it decided not to invest because they're used to see an investment that you actually put five, six, $7,000 out of pocket to renovate each unit so you can justify those $150, $200 rent increases. They got and that fixed mindset. Yeah, I guess they do. We're so used to do something for so long that it's sometimes hard to look outside of the box and adjust yourself without understanding the story. I might have think the same. Was this a marketed deal? No, it was off market. And how did you come across it off market? So I've partnered with a company that actually knew the broker. And the broker had it. It was a pocket. The broker. Yes. Yeah. And when the broker said, hey, I've got this deal, did they mention, and by the way, the value's already added, you just got to buy this puppy and then increase the rents on turnovers? Not at first, but at some point we understood that pretty quickly. And I think not that the seller had sell remorse, but he actually admitted to the broker, I'm dumb. I should have done it a year ago when I just finished the renovations. And he understood that he left a lot of money on the table. Yeah. Ah. You know what, though? I bet he made a lot of money still. Yeah. With the sale of the deals. (laughs) Everybody wins. I hadn't heard of that size of property have that type of story before. But it's amazing that we're dealing with large numbers. Right. It's a hundred unit property. So it's a multi-million dollar property, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it just takes a handful of those if we come across a handful of those to make a huge financial difference to our investors and then also our team. So thank you for sharing that. And I think a component to that is being very knowledgeable about the market and the submarket. Because if you don't know the market and the submarket, like the back of your hand, then you're not going to see that there's some dramatic rent increases that can be achieved without doing any work on the interior of the units because you don't know the comps and you don't really know that that's possible. And someone who does come across that deal, even though it's a pocket listing, it's likely that you all weren't the only ones that were seeing this pocket listing. Probably a handful of people Mm -hmm. or groups were seeing the pocket listing. So it's likely that other groups are going to pick up on that. So it just shows the importance of you all knowing 
that market and the sub-market and being able to see that opportunity and quickly jumping on it. Yeah, absolutely. Without knowing the market like the back of your hand and the immediate area surrounding the investment, you can't really know if 100 or $150 are reasonable or maybe you can get more and what's the level of renovation that is needed. So we drove the property, we drove other properties nearby. We knew how much they're charging and we knew that their interiors are either at the same level or not as nice and they were charging more. So we knew we have some room to push the unit. So that was kind of one or two things that I've learned from this experience. So get rid of the fixed mindset and understand the story behind the investment. That's really going to help you understand if there's a real value in the investment. And then the third point that I wanted to talk about is from the capital raising standpoint. So when we raised money for the deal, I thought the value is so clear here. It's going to be very easy to raise money. And it's not the hardest thing in the world, but it's never the easiest thing. And I would say always raise more money than you think you need. So if you need to raise a million dollars, aim to raise 1.3 or 1.2, at least 20 to 25% more because people will surprise you. Investors that are ecstatic about an investment, even those who sign a PPM sometimes say, listen, something happened, I can move forward. And you don't want to get to the point where you're about to close the deal and you don't have all the equity already lined up. So always plan to raise more than you need because always expect surprises. That's all I can say. I have two comments to that. I agree. It happens with our deals too. One, just to clarify, when you say always raise more than you need, you're telling the individuals after you have what you need that you are on reserve and should something unexpected take place. So you're not actually bringing the backups in immediately. Oh, of course. You're just saying, hey, you're on reserve and should something change with the current investor? So that's one thing just to clarify. Then two, I actually have a list that we keep of decommitments. So investors who commit, but then later decommit after they said they were going to commit and totally get it that things come up. We've done a decent amount of deals. So I've heard a lot of different circumstances for why they committed then they're decommitting. But I have a rule where if someone does that three times, then I'm going to remove them from my list. So first time, hey, totally get it. Second time, I understand perhaps some circumstance took place twice, but then if they commit and then decommit a third time, then they're just not the right investor for us. So we actually have a spreadsheet internally of people who have decommitted and then decommitted. Yeah, I think it's a really good advice. And the way that I see it, and we're partners, so... I observe investors and I actually choose my investors. And that's the beauty in what we do. We get to choose who we want to work with and who we're partnering with. And that's definitely part of it. I totally understand and life and things happen, but you're right. If it happens more than once, more than twice, it's not really different than getting to business with any other partner. If something happens and they don't do what they say they're going to do once or twice, you can't understand, but Three times or more is a pattern. So choose your partners wisely. Yep. Agreed. Well, thank you for that. Some good stuff. I'm grateful that you shared that story. And I'm sure a lot of the best ever listeners are as well. Did you have more than three points or did you have one, two, three points? Uh, No, that's what I have for today. Cool. (laughs) So I got a message on LinkedIn from a best ever listener and I won't read all of it, but I'll just read some of it and I'll get to the question. So he says, I am so grateful I have your podcast as a resource to help me grow as an individual. Thank you. I would love 
to find a way to bring value to you. I currently have two hundred dollars to $300,000 that I want to invest by the end of the year that will yield a high return enough for me to quit my job. I feel like I need $5,300 a month and I currently own four residential units and I want to grow that to share ownership of 1,000 units of basically 1,000 units. And then he says, I've got six years of sales experience, 100% commission, and I've been doing it during some times when the market was terrible, but I was still able to thrive. So he asks for any recommendations for how to accomplish this goal. So if you got $300,000 and your goal is $5,300 a month, then that's going to be a 21% return because $5,300 times 12 is $63,300. And then that math works out to 21% return. So that's a relatively high return to have in year one for anything. So how I would approach this, and I imagine there's a lot of best ever listeners out there who have some in their savings account or allocated to invest and are not 100% happy with their current position at their W-2 job. So you might be wondering, how do I approach transitioning out of what I'm doing? And by the way, he says he wants to transition out of what he's doing into real estate syndication or get more involved in real estate. So I imagine there's a lot of people in this situation, got a good job, got some money, want to get out of your good job and do real estate full-time or have real estate pay you to do other things that you would like to do with your time full-time. So there's two considerations. One is your time commitment. And then two is your risk tolerance because there's basically three scenarios to consider, but in each of those three scenarios, you've got the two variables of time commitment and risk tolerance that you need to take a look at because that's going to influence which of the three scenarios you choose. So scenario one is you join an established company as a W-2 employee, but you get a small equity stake for the deals that they acquire. So you join an Ashcroft Capital or a company that has half a billion dollars or more worth of properties, and they can plug you in to their team And if you're valuable enough to that team, then you could have as part of your compensation, a small equity stake in the deals, perhaps depends on the company, but that would be, in my opinion, the lowest risk on the scale, but time commitment, clearly you're going to have to jump ship and there's risk involved with going into a new company, but you will have a a salary. So I'd say there's lower risk because you have a salary, but then the time commitment you're all in because you're jumping ship into a new company. The second is you join someone who has started but isn't as established and you can get larger ownership in the deals. So this person mentioned they're really good at sales for anyone who's looking to start in real estate syndication or just as a full-time real estate investor, you got to know what you're really good at. And then how do those skills apply towards what you're looking to do in real estate? So in this case, he is good at sales. So you could join a team that has started, let's say they've got between 50 to 500 million worth of assets under management and, or maybe even 15 to 500 million worth of assets under management. So they're still growing and you can get a larger stake of ownership most likely, but there's more risk involved because, well, they're not as established 
and you may or may not be a W-2 employee, depending how they have things set up. You might be an independent contractor, so no health insurance, no benefits, and you might need those things, which again, you have to look at the risk tolerance that you're willing to take or your risk tolerance. And again, with the time commitment, well, this is jumping the ship, you're going all in. Now, the third option is less risk tolerance and less of a time commitment, but it will take more time to achieve. And that's to start your own thing on the side. So you keep your full-time job and you start partnering up with people and then you build it on the side. And then when you've reached a critical mass or when you've reached a point where you need to focus all your efforts on the apartment syndication or real estate business, then you go do that. But that takes longer. So there's no one answer that I could give you or any best ever listener because I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know the time commitment. I don't know your timeline. Well, in this case, this person said within a year. So perhaps you go either establish company, get a small equity stake if possible, or a startup or not as established company, get a larger stake because on your own, on the side thing is going to likely take more than a calendar year for you to feel comfortable leaving your job. So those are some things I would consider whenever you're approaching this because your $300,000 at 21%, it's going to get you your 5300 a month, but that's likely not going to be an investment that you'll be able to make for a deal because I don't know any deals. Why well, do you know non-real estate deals that project that type of return, but the risk is tremendous. So I would take that two to 300K and I would invest alongside the other investors in the deals that I'm a general partner on. So regardless of the option you select, join an established company, join a company that's 15 to 500 million or start your own, take that two to 300 and invest alongside the investors that you're working with. And that will show line of interest. It will not reach the $5,300 goal. Most likely it won't reach that, but it will get you perhaps halfway there. And then you can use that track record and that experience regardless of one, two, three option that you selected and then grow it to the 5,300. Ellie, what are your thoughts? When I wanted to get into real estate, I actually did something I don't recommend to do. A lot of people go to me to ask the same thing. They say, basically, how do I get started? I decided to start right away and not continue in the path of a W-2. But I think you're right. I think for most people, I would actually, I always say, don't quit your job. Start doing it on the side. Start getting involved and see if you even like it. Sometimes we have a vision of what we like and it's not really reality and visions or dreams are sometimes different. So it gives you the flexibility to try and see if you like it and try and see what you're good at and what angle you want to be in. If you want to be on the capital raising side, if you want to be on the acquisition side or the asset management. So I always say find something you think you're good at and find a way to bring value to another experienced investor, join them and get a taste and see what you like. So by the time you're completely transitioning from your W2 job, to full-time active investing, you have some experience, you've built some track record and you know what you're going to do. And maybe you already met a partner or two that you can kind of form a company or a partnership. So that would be my advice. Sampling life experiences. I'm a big proponent of that. Ellie, how can the best of listeners learn more about what you're doing? 
They can definitely go to my website, ellieperlman.com, and all the information, or just Google my name, and they'll see all the information, how to listen to my podcast, and how to reach out to me. can also shoot me an email at ellieperlman.com. That's about it. Cool. Well, best ever listeners, enjoyed our time, as always. Grateful that you're a listener, and looking forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't it be nice to buy a piece of institutional quality income producing commercial real estate buildings for as little as $500? Now you can with Building Bits. Building Bits is a new platform where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building leased to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available only for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of the current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart. Get the word out about their cause and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.